You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hot Take Hot Box. I am joined here by a special, special guest. The very knowledgeable and just uh, critically acclaimed. Derek DeMaria. Deem, how are you feeling today? Uh, we got a lot We got a lot to discuss here in the middle of July, which is a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I'm doing well. It's, it's been a while. There's definitely definitely been a lot going on since the last time we spoke and a lot going on, you know, these last couple weeks and this week so far. So, so we're about to get dive into it. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. So we're about halfway through the Philly season, a little bit more than that, and it has absolutely been a roller coaster. Since we last spoke, Girardi, Girardi got the axe. Uh, I mean, these guys have just suffered injury after injury, but it seems like they just continue to uh, like kind of persevere and just fight through all of the different... No, I mean, losing Segura, losing Harper, Castellanos <laughs> has been less than stellar. Uh, I mean, for a while, Schwarber was hitting in the 190 section of the uh, average uh, department and, you know, just haven't... I mean, it's, I, to me, it's amazing that this team is five games above 500. But what? How do you uh, overall? Before we get into like recently, but like overall Philly season so far, like what are your what are your takeaways? Yeah, I mean, I think I mean you see where they're at now. I think they'd probably be in a little bit better spot if Joe Girardi wasn't the manager through the first two months of the season because what we were watching go on with Girardi was just it was unbelievable how bad they looked. Um, and I think we might have talked early in the season. It was like this team's way too good and has way too many veteran professional players to look the way they did. And um, I think other Rob Thompson, they've just looked about as exactly as how we kind of expected them to look. Um, good, good stretches of offense, followed by some days where they struggle a bit. And that's what you're going to get, you know, when you build your offense around a lot of power hitters, a lot of home run hitting guys. Um, the defense is been pretty questionable the whole way but I think we knew that and then I guess the starting pitching's probably been the pleasant surprise it's been very good um and then since Thompson's taken over the bullpen's kind of solidified themselves I think since he's taken over they have like the third best bullpen ERA in the league and I mean I think they have guys back there that are pretty good um Alvarado's been throwing strikes recently which is huge if they can get him just kind of dialed in a little bit throwing strikes they, they have three to four guys back there that they can use that that can be effective. Um, and we've seen over the past couple of years that the bullpen has been something that's really just held them back from probably making the playoffs with the amount of blown saves and kind of having Dominguez back there now kind of holding it down um, it is big for them late in games. But the starting pitching has really done a good job getting deep in the games and kind of turning it over to the spots where they only have to use a couple guys and they don't have to use three, four, five, six guys every single night out. It has been huge, and they, like you said, they have gotten uh, a lot of contributions from guys that, I mean, even a even an Andrew Bellotti, who you never heard of before this season, is coming in and pitching in, in some of these big moments. It seems like uh, Knable is just an absolute wild ride every time that guy goes out there. You don't know what version of him he's going to get. You're gonna, he's going to pump 98, but he may not find the strike zone. He, he, only, he either throws that curveball or that fastball. But I have uh, pretty much the only guy I hate when he comes out of the pen is Familia. That's the only guy where I'm just like, oh, uh, like this game's over. I mean, we might as well have just thrown this one away because this guy just, I don't know. Like, I, it just, I, I hate. I mean, maybe it's from the Mets. It's just that hatred that I have. Even Brad Hand, uh, he's pitched well as well. Like, so you're absolutely right. Bullpen has pitched well. Lineup, you're right. It, it's been kind of, you know, it's like hit or miss because because uh, of the pow- the way it's laid out and the power in the lineup. So the way the Phillies went and fixed that is called up Derek Hall, who's an absolute pig. You know, just continued to add to the uh, to the pig pen that the, that the Phillies have. And I mean, the fielding, you know, was a big topic of conversation before the season, but I don't really think that that has come to uh, hurt them or bite them uh, necessarily. You know, I mean, they the, the corner outfielders. I mean, Schwarber and Castellanos were not supposed to be playing every day when this thing was. Uh, Originally organized, but it looks like you know that's just how that's just how it happened with the Harper uh, elbow. But 
so far, so good, I would say. And uh, at the very least, I think this team gets a wild card. I think they're going to continue to put pressure on the Mets. I don't. Th- I think the Mets are going to. I think the Braves are the bigger concern than than the Mets because I, I do believe. I mean, the Mets are going to get Degrom back and they're going to get some of these other pitchers back. But I, I don't. Um, I don't know. I just. I. I maybe it's just the old school Philly fan in me that I just don't. The Mets never strike fear in my heart. Uh, I, I, do you feel the same? Or I mean, this is this a different Mets team that I should be worried about? But uh, I think the Mets, are, as much as I hate to say it, are pretty legit. Um, they've kind of been treading water the past couple of weeks with some of their guys out. But I mean, if they have a healthy Degrom and a healthy Scherzer, and then McGill comes back at some point, I mean, Scherzer and Degrom are almost an automatic two wins every five games. Yeah. Um. So they have that going for them, and and their offense, Lindor's kind of turned it around back back to where he should be this year. Alonzo hits a home run every other game. It feels like so. Uh, they're they're a really good team. They're Diaz is still you know hit or miss. He's been really good this year, but I mean, I think he could kind of blow up at any point, and that city will turn on him in a heartbeat. But. Um, I think they're they're the team. I don't see it with the Braves. Even when the Phillies play the Braves, we always struggle against them. Last year, I didn't think they were very good. They made the moves. They won the World Series. Kudos to them. Um, this year, again, I don't see it with them. I think they have a couple good players. Their pitching does nothing for me, and I think you have to have good starting pitching to win consistently and, and make up ground. I mean, they're right there. They're two and a half games out. But well, who knows? They might do it again. They, they, they seem to find a way. Uh, but I think the Mets are – roster like just roster depth and, and one through 25 are kind of much better than the Phillies and the Braves but it all comes down to who gets hot at the right times and and you know like we see injuries and stuff like that I mean the Phillies could have five or six more wins if they weren't as banged up as they were so I really thought when the whole DeGrom stuff happened at the beginning of the season that his season was going to be done that's that was I, I was not the and it, not and to be it happy still could be he could True. come back and and throw one or two outings and go back we we see that happen a lot of, a lot with pitchers where they'll shut it down for a couple months come back and then it's you know forearm tightness or this yeah. impingement shoulder discomfort or or the words yep, you've and never then they're heard. out for the year and then you know so on and so on but yeah I mean the, the Phillies kind of put themselves in a tough position from a division standpoint early on when you're seven, eight, nine games under 500, you win what 10, 11 out of 12 or something like that. And you still only are three games above 500 at that point. Um, kind of dug yourself a hole. And losing all those games to the Mets early on in the season, blowing a seven, six run lead in the ninth and just completely melting down on a night in and night out basis early in the season. Yeah, you're right. Just kind of dug yourself a huge hole. So recently, I mean, I will say the Cardinal series was, uh, a little just disappointing, just I mean, due to the fact that I thought they gave away that uh, Sunday game because I, I thought that that was a game they one hundred percent not should have won, but definitely could have won. And then you know you were uh, you win those first two games, you really didn't you know they didn't score at all. We haven't we didn't really score at all this series. I mean, two, yeah, one, I mean, three, and first one. Two games it was yeah shutouts, home homers, and a what a boom sack fly, and then yeah. they won three nothing. Yep. And over a two game span. Yeah, and then the, like that that just can't that can't be a thing and it's a it's kind of the easy thing to point at would be like, oh now you know, we need Harper, but there's a lot of other guys in this lineup who need to hold their you know, hold their weight and pick up the slack for when, you know, this just can't yeah. can't happen through and, a four game series, you know? And I mean it, as much as you hate to say it, at, at some point Schwerber's gonna cool back off. No doubt. They're doing all this right now with Schwerber just hitting at an incredible pace. I mean He's probably going to hit 40 homers, but you can't just assume he's going to come out in the second half of the year and do what he did. He's not going to probably hit 55 home runs. So some other guys are going to have to step up and and start to hit. I mean, obviously the two obvious guys are JT and Castellanos, who both have just been abysmal at the plate. Um, Hoskins kind of comes and goes. Gains the Gore back at some point will be nice, but we don't know when that's going to be. So they're just going to have to try to keep piecing it together and kind of playing their style of, of game that kind of works for them and hoping they get enough pitching that they can hold off teams, you know, throughout slumps through games until they can kind of break it open with one or two big swings. So if you had needed a double play and your life depended on it, who are you putting at the plate? Would you, would you rather to, to hit into it? Yeah. Hit into a double play. Uh, it's tough because Castellanos and Real Muto both do it at a pretty high clip. <laughs> uh, pretty well yeah um i think i think i'd go castellanos just because he's 
finds a way to actually swing at worse pitches than Real Muto does. So at least JT, like he strikes out and the pitches are close. Castellanos just, I don't know what he's doing. I mean, I've wanted Nick Castellanos on the Phillies for like seven years. And for every reason, opposite of what he's not, doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That he's not dressed. Like he's not driving the ball. He's not playing with an edge. He, is swinging at bad pitches. He doesn't walk. Like it's just mind blowing. Like <laughs> he just like he just goes up and he just predetermines like he's gonna swing and the ball's thrown. And I mean, there's one like guys and I always get mad when people get like angry at guys for swinging at bad pitches because like I don't think people understand like how hard it is to hit major league pitching and like 100%. when a guy throws 97 miles an hour from 60 feet away, like how early you have to start your swing to be able to hit that. So like when they throw an 85-mile-an-hour slider that moves 11 inches, like, yes, you're going to look foolish sometimes. So, yeah, sometimes guys chase bad pitches. But he swings at some pitches that are so astronomically bad, I don't even know how he does it. Like, it's almost like he's doing it on purpose. I base it off like other guys when I see like those pitches come in. They don't. Even, it doesn't even register. Like like you said though, it come. It's almost like he goes up to the plate predetermined. Like he doesn't know he can take a pitch, and he's just like, oh, I'm like it's like a softball game. He's like, I'm swinging. Like I'm yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try and put this in play. And it's like, dude, you you know, <laughs> you need to work the count a little bit so you can get a better pitch to drive. And, and, and it'd be one thing if he was doing that, but he's hitting. He hit. 18 homers and you know he's just trying to jump balls and hit home runs he, he's not even driving the ball so it's no. like even when he does swing it's like he's just trying to like finesse balls to the right side it's just like driving me crazy watching it it just doesn't even look like the same guy that like every year the phillies played the reds or whatever team he was on he would just destroy us it would absolutely kill us that, that you know you know that's like the most typical philadelphia thing that could ever happen that we would get a guy and he forgets how to play baseball as soon as he gets here like it, it, and all, I can't, you know what the thing is, and, and this is just me being a, a, an idiot fan, but I can't stand when he does ground out to the double play and then swags his way back to the dugout with his swaggy-ass trot. Like, it, it is just infuriating. And, and then we have to watch him play, right? Like, it's like, if you're not going to hit the ball, and then we have to watch you play, like, or just absolutely stumble around out in right field. It's just, <laughs> it, it's it's just mine. It, it, mind melting dude like i can't i can't even explain it but he's but like you said though like this is a guy we've all wanted for years now like he's a great baseball player he's not a bum so it's like you at some point you have to believe he's going to turn it around I, I mean maybe it's the fact that he bought ben simmons's house that it was not a good move we, we can now all say that this had an effect on him right you know the same no, whoever was in his ear on that one needs to be let out of the trust circle. Yeah, listen, the Simo the Savage, I hope he took the sign down by now. It, it's not it, it has definitely rubbed off on him the wrong way because that is a loser house, obviously. It has loser vibes. It's not good. Uh so Phil's are gonna lose some guys going up into Toronto. It's only a two game series, correct? it's not Yeah, it's, two games. Yeah, so it's not like And Wheeler will throw one of them, so Exactly. So you'll definitely have a uh, a chance to win the that you know, that one if if we score some runs, if he gives up a run, we might be fucked. But um, yeah, I mean, especially yesterday, I was like, as soon as the game started, I was like, Nola needs to go like seven, uh, seven or eight, and throw like a gem. And then once he started getting hit around, I'm like, okay, game's over. Like I just knew the Phillies were not. I mean, we hit a home run in the first inning, and then nothing else after that. It's yep, just, no runs the rest of the game. There, there's uh, that's always the big like the just the uh, like the concerning shit is when like your your team just shows no life whatsoever on the offensive end. And the last couple games, it has kind of been like that. Even the National Series, since that 11 nothing, it's been two. I mean, they scored the five runs, but then, you know, I just went through the Cardinal Series. Like, it's been low numbers. Hopefully they can go up to Toronto into that uh, warehouse and, and hit some uh, hit some bombs uh, in the yeah, Rogers I mean, it's, Center. Yeah, I mean, it's tough with the amount of injuries they have and the couple holes in their lineup. I mean, they don't have a very good lineup. Um, no. Schwarber is going to do what Schwarber's going to do. He's going to hit you some home runs, but when he's not hitting home runs, he's not going to get you very many hits. He'll walk a little bit, so he might get on base once at most, twice in a game. Um, we know what Hoskins is. He'll, he'll hit some extra base hits. He'll hit some homers. He'll walk, but he's not going to be on base a ton. And then when you have Real Muto and Castellanos struggling the way you are, they are, I mean, those are your four big guys, and then you're rounding out your lineup with a lot of guys who, like, you're hoping and praying. I said to someone the other day, I don't know how, to be honest, the Phillies ever win a game because their seven, eight, and nine, sometimes six, seven, eight, nine, Horrible. are so bad that, like, 
when they hit a single, it's like, thank God we got a guy on base. Like maybe something will happen. I mean, when you're asking Stott and Veerling and Munoz and these guys to, I mean, boom, he's an okay player to be kind of carrying the load. And so, yeah. When, when you have, when your top couple guys aren't hitting, so now you're kind of hoping for those guys to hit. I mean, it really makes it tough on, on a lineup to have sustained success over a nine inning span. Uh, I will say I have liked Derek Hall. I, I do joke about him, but he yeah, he's actually been very good. I thought as soon as they called him up, I I, I knew I liked that as soon as they did it. Um, I've watched him play a lot in the minor leagues, and he's just always he's just been one of those guys. Like when he hits the ball, it just makes a different sound than yeah. when the other guys in the lineup hit the ball, especially coming up through the minors. And I mean, he was perfect for what they need. He's just a situation you play him against righties, he hits righties, and just go out and you know hope he had you know comes through with a couple of those big swings that can change the game. And he's done it a couple of times early. I mean, I said if Harper's out through September, Hall might hit 20 homers by the time <laughs> Harper comes back. Seriously. Like, he, Cause like when he hits the ball, it's going to go out. Like he's just like Schwarber. Like if they score the ball up, it's not like a base hit in the gap. It's going 450. Nah, and he hits that ball. I mean, he hit one yesterday. I, I, I mean, fucking, I, I just found out this weekend that Dylan Carlson's the greatest center fielder to ever live, but he, he did hit one into the gap yesterday. Dylan Carlson ran down. Uh, and and he hit one off the wall, I think, last week or whenever they were still at Citizens Bank Park. He smoked the ball off the center field wall that I was just like, oh, oh my god! Like he, you're right. Like he just he gives me Darren Ruff vibes. Like, but like I don't know, like better. I I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but like he's just le- I guess a lefty version. I'm just just rockets balls off the bat and. And he honestly doesn't like. I mean, he strikes out and everything, but he doesn't like. He's he's competitive in some of these at bats more than. Yeah, he doesn't have very many bad at bats, and part of the reason is because he's lucky that they're really just playing him against righty, so he doesn't have to deal with that left that left lefty, matchup. Yeah, and you know it's a smart move if it's going to work for him. They should just keep riding it every time they face a righty. Just let him go in there and and hack away and, and see see what happens. Exactly. So. uh I think we're settled. Veerling is go- should be well. Obviously, he should be the everyday center fielder. Not only for defensive, or I mean, his bat's not exactly uh, electric, but you know, he get he he's just the best option for them out there. The most consistent option, right? Yeah, he's definitely the best of of the group. Um, I think he brings a little athleticism that a co- that the other guys don't bring. He runs pretty well. He puts the ball in play a lot, which is something that. The other two guys don't do. I mean, no. Odubel will give you some pop every once in a while, hitting you some extra base hits. Um, but he'll have he mixes in his bad at bats and a lot of strikeouts. And Moniac, I'm not even really sure why he's on the roster. I don't think they need to have as many outfielders on the roster as they do. They should have Schwarber and Castellanos, and they should have a left hit, left handed hitting center fielder, which is probably Odubel, and a right handed hitting center fielder, which is Veerling, yep. and play Veerling almost all the time. And every now and then, if they're facing a really good righty, give them a day off. But to have another outfielder on the team doesn't really make much sense to me when you have the DH, you have your two catchers, and you have a bunch of infielders that really aren't very good offensively and kind of mix and match around. When you know you're basically playing Castellanos and Schwarber in left and right almost every day, there's no reason to have three center fielders on the roster. I 100% agree. So do you, what do you think uh, is the, uh, I would say, prime focus or concern uh, come the trade deadline? The trade deadline is August 2nd this year. They moved it back uh, with the whole strike and everything. But what do you think the Phils should be looking for uh, in the trade market? And, um, you know, like what, maybe, maybe even a couple names that you might be like, you know, focusing on. I, I mean, I think. Most likely, it's probably just another starting pitcher because of the injuries that's been there. Um, the thing is, at some point, they're going to get – Boom will probably be out here for a couple weeks, but then he's going to come back, and it seems like he's almost now going to play every day at third base. He, he, he should. Um is going to come back, so he'll play every day at second base, um, which really leaves you the shortstop spot, which most likely will probably be – I would – Yes, the BD Stott platoon, which is weird because they're both left-handed hitters. Um, and then maybe you'll have Camargo on the bench as a righty bat. So it's, it'd be weird to add another infielder just because they have a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and I think it'd be – I mean, I guess they could try to add a center fielder and and 
move Veerling to the bench and tell Moniak and Oduble to hit the pike. So that's probably the best bet is maybe try to go find an athletic outfielder that maybe you can slide in at the top of the lineup here or there. Um, maybe try to get Schwerber into the middle of the lineup a little bit to drive in some more runs until Bryce comes back because, I mean, I don't see Harper coming back anytime soon. I think it's going to be September. You're probably going to get a September out of him. Um, so you're going to have to try to find a way to mix and match things the rest of the way. Um, you don't, you got Zach Eflin. I just don't think you can count on the rest nope. of the year. I just think his, his knee issue is just going to keep coming back. So that's where I think starting pitcher probably is the most important because got to go every fifth day. And the first two guys have been really good. Uh, Gibson's been kind of what a Kyle Gibson should be. Yeah. He gives you some good ones. He gives you some average ones and he's going to give you a few clunkers. And I think Ranger Suarez has been pretty good almost most times out. He's banged up now as well. But if you can kind of find another of those middle-of-the-pack guys to kind of just solidify that middle to back end of the rotation is probably the move. Um, I don't think this is a market that there's not going to be a ton of big names on it. So I don't think you're going to have to give up a lot to get a middle-of-the-rotation guy or maybe, you know, I know Ben Attendee's been one of the names that's come up, and Michael yeah. da- Michael A. Taylor yep. from Kansas City. I don't. I think Ben Attendee's an expiring contract. I'm not sure Taylor might be under control for one more year, but I don't think you're going to have to give up a ton for them. And I don't think the Phillies are going to be willing to give up a ton. Um, they like their top prospects, and they're. I don't think they have much intention of giving those guys up, especially if it's not going to be for a guy who really moves the needle and where they're at with the salary cap and kind of where they're at with their position guys and where their roster's built out. There's not really a ton of spots for them to go out and get another big-name player. Yeah, and I don't think it really – the situation even calls necessarily, like you said, for like a big-name player. They have all the big names. They've spent all the money. They have everything, kind of the, the foundation and the just the, the blueprint laid out. They just need a – Probably just to sprinkle in a little bit more supplemental players. I I would like a starting pitcher. I and the only thing I do worry about, like you said, though, there's not going to be a lot of big names. So they're kind of, I guess, the supply and demand sort of thing is these these teams are going to be able to run the price up for these like mediocre players. Uh, and yeah. maybe you might have to pay a little bit more. But at the end of the day, you're going to need, like you said, you Eflin. I'm kind of just counting him as a loss at this point. And hopefully Suarez only had like the back spasm, so I'm hoping. By like after the All Star break, you come back and gets a little extra time. He can you know kind of help what's going on here, but you know I don't think it's that. Yeah, like it's not a situation where you have to go out and get a marquee big time player where you have to drop all of your top ten prospects to go get. I think you're just gonna have to go and get somebody to kind of keep the ship afloat. Yeah, I mean you're getting Kyle Gibson 2.0. Yeah, that's that, whoever that, that that'll be fine. You know, that's, that's that's probably exactly what we need. And maybe a bullpen arm, which you, if they could get somebody for cheap somewhere or find someone on the square, there's always bullpen arms available from teams like the Pirates or something like that, where they're just bad teams that don't need these bullpen guys. Uh, yeah, maybe because you all can the sneak go- someone all the bullpen them. arms the Phillies have traded for over the past couple of years have panned out well for them. Very much, dude. You know, uh, Ian Kennedy, elite, yeah, uh, an elite arm out of the pen. Uh, Brandon Workman, uh, Brandon Workman, Keith Embry. Never forget the free agent signing of uh, David Robertson. David Robertson, they've really just struck gold, and especially at the trade deadline. I mean, bringing in Ian Kennedy, a closer who throws 89 miles an hour. <laughs> That's just how you draw it up in today's baseball. Every other team in the league has a guy who throws 98. We'll go get the guy who throws 89 with a bad curveball. <laughs> who can barely find the strike zone. Uh, wow. All right, so... That, that's that's our fills. I, I don't think we can do uh, much more. I think we've covered everything necessary. The fills have a series, like we said, coming up with the Blue Jays, and then before the All Star break, they will close it out going to Miami for three games. Which, I mean, Miami's actually kind of turned it around. They're only four games behind us, so it's it's something that you're gonna need to uh, take care of business against them. We never really play well against Miami or travel well to Miami. Hopefully, JT can get some home cooking again and. Uh, Turn it around after he's fresh off his vaccine vacation. <laughs> um, yeah, that, so that that's our fills. Uh, I, what would you want to do now? I, I think we should quickly touch on our our, our beloved Philadelphia 76ers who are. Yeah, we could do a quick check in on on the on the hardwood. How the boys are doing? Uh, Maxie's in the gym working every day. Uh, 
You got Harden now, who apparently is, you know, comeback season. Uh, he's working out again, which, uh, you know, always blows my mind when people start freaking out about athletes working out in the off season, like it's not their, uh, like their job to work on their game or get better. But I don't want to sound like a, too much of a hater because it is good to see him actually like healthy enough to get in there. And what I, I just have, I have trouble deem getting excited about the Sixers when you know it's just year after year, like it, it's me being a fucking idiot and convincing myself that oh well you know like this he's gonna take the next step this guy's gonna do this like i i don't know like uh, pj tucker like i mean we're right now as i sit here uh on july 12th or yes yeah, 12th second round and out at, at at the max we might win the first round of the series like that's where i that, that that's where i'm at right now and uh, i would like you to convince me otherwise oh um they're be- they're better than you're giving them credit for. Um, I think second round is not even a question. I think as long as I mean again, sports are sports. We could get ten games in the season. God, please no. But Joel and B could get. Yeah, hurt. yeah. No, well, so that barring you just never I, know it's going to happen. I, I don't but, even include include that barring no injuries or anything like that. Then I think the, the couple of the moves they made were were smart moves. I think they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year just from a standpoint of what I mean you're gonna get a full season of of Harden and with some guys around them who kind of complement what he wants to do yeah. um you're, you're basically sticking a guy I mean people some people like PJ Tucker some people don't all I can tell you is what he's gonna do is he's gonna stand in the corner and he's gonna catch the ball he's gonna shoot it it's gonna go in all right I like that often he he he's the, he's the corner three god um and one thing that the Sixers need is a guy who can stand in the corner, create space, catch the ball, shoot it, and go in and do it with confidence. He's going to do that. And he's going to guard better than people, I think, are going to give him credit for. Now, I'm not saying he's going to sit here and one-on-one lock up Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> but what he's going to he's going to play good rotational team defense, be in the right spots, know what he's doing on the court. He can get a guy one-on-one and not just get blown by like George Niang every time down the floor. Um and he's just going to bring some toughness and a veteran leadership to his team. Like, there goes – there's something that – like, he was on the Rockets, and they won 60 games every year at James Harden. They were really good. They're a game away from going to the West to, to the NBA Finals. If Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, they probably go to the Finals. Yep. And then he goes to Milwaukee. They're really good. He's on the Heat last year. They're really good. There is something to be said for a guy that just plays on teams that are good every year. Like, there's a reason, whether it's either him making those teams – better or those teams wanting him because he can do something like he doesn't bounce around and go play for Orlando and Detroit like good teams want him like yep. they said if the Sixers didn't sign him like the teams that wanted him was Miami wanted to bring him back and Milwaukee wanted to bring him back like so if there's the market for him like obviously content like those are two teams that want to win the NBA championship next year if they wanted him like obviously he has value like for all the people that are like oh he's 37 he stinks it's too much money it's like no Milwaukee was going to pay him the same thing yeah, the, so, only, the only thing I, you know, like, yeah, it's it just concerning to sign a guy to a three-year contract who's that old. But like you said, it kind of the situation dictated it as much where you weren't going to get him unless you gave him that contract. And I think what he gives you not only on the floor but off the floor is more, just as important because this team has needed a veteran voice that people trust and will respect that, you know, can kind of galvanize the group and be like, hey, man, like – the effort we're giving is not enough because it doesn't. It seemed like the last couple of years there is not that person who will be like, "Hey, man!" Like since we've had since Jimmy Butler, there hasn't been a guy who dictated like what like the effort that we give because it seemed like in that game six, man, there was a lot of people not boxing out, a lot of people standing around, a lot of just like quit in that second half where like once things didn't go well, we kind of just gave up and, and guys like PJ Tucker were going in and just working harder than us and get and getting boards pushing it back out, giving it to Gabe Vincent for wide-open threes or Max Struess. You know, I think he's going to be able to guard uh, the the better players. I mean, he's just not easy to score on. You saw it when, when James Harden was trying to score him. I think the biggest thing will be, in order for the Sixers to take another step or that next step, you just need a better version of James Harden, a more aggressive, a more fit version of James Harden to show up this season. He does not need to be... 28 a game and all that nonsense. He just needs to be 
more aggressive. He needs to attempt more than one shot in the second half of a closeout game. Like it just, we need game four, James Harden, where he's just take or, may, or make or make or miss. He's willing to take those shots, those step backs, those like that. That's just what we that's what we paid you for. That's what we traded for. That's what we need. And, and I don't think this team goes really anywhere without that. And I don't. I, I could see Tobias getting moved at a certain point. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but. I would. I honestly would like it because I think it, that that part of our team, even though he had a good like a, a good playoffs and he was guarding like you know Butler and guarding some of their best players and kind of just played his role. I, I know he, he that's probably not exactly what he wants to do, and I, I would like to see them try and flip him into something. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think he's here to stay for for the year. Um, I'd like to see him add one more competent bench piece. Um, I don't know if that's going to be able to be done. I mean, Harden still hasn't signed his contract, yep. which means leads me to believe they're still trying to cook something up under this cap and what they can figure out to get there and then get his contract signed and all that stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see one more guy. Um, I would hope it's somebody that can come and contribute. I mean, I think that the Anthony Melton trade was a really smart trade. Yes. It's a good Daryl Morey move. It's a guy that kind of just fits what he wants to do. Um and it gives you, you know, that first guy off the bench that kind of is going to be what you wanted Matisse Thibel to be, but better at everything. Maybe a little less from an on-the-ball defense standpoint, but he's going to rack up just as many steals, just as many blocks. He's going to be more athletic, and he's going to shoot it with confidence and shoot it often, which is something that they really need. Um, the backup five spot is going to be interesting. You don't really know what that's going to be yet. Probably some combination of Reed or Bassey. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I think like a guy like George Niang, like if we still haven't mentioned him, if he's now your eighth man or your ninth man, I have no problem with that. George Niang as your eighth or ninth man is better than most teams' third or fourth guy that they're bringing off the bench. Um, the problem was last year he was the sixth, seventh man, sometimes a starter. Yeah. But if he's coming in and playing 15 minutes a game and – you know, just playing the P.J. Tucker role or standing in the corner and making some shots, that's fine. Um, Thibel, a lot of people don't like Matisse Thibel, myself included. If he's your 10th guy, that's fine. He's a fine 10th guy. Yeah. Can't be your 6th guy, can't be your 7th guy. But if you are if you can find one more guy to kind of bump those guys down in the rotation a little bit, um, I mean, I guess we'll probably get another year of Shake Milton. The Shake Milton experience, 2 points, 2 points, 2 points, 28 points. 24 points, 2 points, 4 points, 30 points, 2 points, 2 points, 2 points, injury, 2 months later, 2 points, 1 random game, 18 points. That's just what it's going to be. Yeah, uh, and I think you're right. Matisse is like the perfect like situational guy that you can just throw in there. Um, the guy, yeah, like, if we played zone, hurt, he like, would be deadly. times during the year where he'll have to start a couple games and he'll be fine. And yeah. He can go in and do his thing. If there's a night where you need to cool a guy down that's scoring on the other team, you throw him in there. And some nights he's good, and some nights he's really bad, and some most nights he's just completely average. So he is what he is. And if you get that out of your eighth or ninth man instead of your sixth man, then that's fine. I, I think the big thing is he like I, I just can't believe that he's been playing basketball his whole life. He can't dribble. He can't dribble the ball. He can't shoot the ball uh, I mean the, the I don't understand what they're working on that elbow still poking out like uh, insanely I, I'm no fucking expert but I know how to shoot a fucking jump shot and that that thing is ugly as shit uh the only concern I do have is um, I would say that there are at the at the current moment at least three teams better than the uh, sixers in the east and, and I don't even include the nets in that because they're that nets are such influx but I would say the bucks Celtics and heat I mean that, that's the same standings as last year but the those are teams that strike fear in my heart especially the celtics the celtics are are, are gonna probably run back the, the exact same team adding danilo gallinari you know not that that's like a uh end-all be-all but that's a nice piece to add and then the bucks still you know they had they didn't have middleton this past uh postseason he y y you don't know they're they're like a year-by-year -year basis <laughs> You don't know uh, what version of them is going to show up. Uh, you know, are they going to fight each other? I mean, they, they were fighting each other on the sidelines and then almost won the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, you just don't know. But uh, for the Sixers, I, I you've made me feel a little bit better. You you, you have, i got to be honest. Uh, I did like that D'Anthony Melton is a perfect trade just 
trading a first-round pick and then getting rid of a guy in Danny Green who's probably not going to play for the majority of the season anyway is a great move. And, and Melton's much younger and, and can do much more. I mean, you're, you're going to need to replace that because, I mean, towards the end, Danny Green was playing in the 40-minute range, right, in that Raptor series. Especially, yeah, and, play, yeah, and playing well. Exactly. And again, it's a good move because the Sixers are in – like, they don't need a first-round pick. They need a player to come in and help them now. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of the problem with where the roster is at because they've butchered so many first-round picks. Like, taking Jaden Springer and him not being able to contribute to your team is a killer. That should be a guy on a rookie deal that's in your rotation. Yep. Yeah, I mean, but he hit, not, hit on so Max. He couldn't hit on in your roster. Yeah, that's... Um... It seems like the Sixers continue to do that, just shoot themselves in the foot and, and just ruin prime opportunities to improve the roster. They are running out of time here uh, on the Embiid clock. I mean, it's not it's not totally, you know, over yet, but we are we are getting close to that. Uh, you know, I mean, he is not no spring chicken anymore. How he's what is he 28 now? Yeah, I think he'll be 28 this season sometime during this season. So I mean, yeah, and he's, and he's a guy out. who's not going to have another 10 years in his career. So no. that's why I have no problem with the P.J. Tucker signing. Yeah, it's a three-year deal, but it's really a we're trying to win next year deal and the win after that. And to be honest, if they don't do it in the next two years, I don't think it's going to matter anyway because I don't see Joel Embiid wanting to hang around here for five, six, seven more years. How many different combinations of teammates are they going to try with them before they just realize it's not going to work? Yeah. And I think he is, uh, you know, although he escapes blame, it, it, he is partially to blame for what he's not the sole reason. But in the play, in the playoffs this past season, I can't blame him because he was hurt. But and they were also just kind of playing zone and and just trapping him and double teaming him every time he got the ball in the post. But I don't know, man. It just seems like every year he's the one constant of everyone that's been going on. But. I struggle to really blame him because if you look at his counterpart, his counterpart has let him down every season. I mean, especially the the Hawks, uh, like last year with the Hawks and this season with uh, the Heat. Harden and Simmons both just laid eggs in, in multiple games of that series and kind of yep. just killed him because he needs that guy to create out there so that it opens up for him down low. And, uh, otherwise, it won't work. It, he can't do anything if he's getting triple teamed in the post. There, there's like... There's nothing he can do. It does not matter. He can be the greatest player to ever play the game. It's, you know, three-on-one is not going to happen. But there you go. Yep, the only guy who ever picked up his end of the bargain was Jimmy Butler, and they let him walk. Exactly, let him walk and uh, kept Brett Brown, who is now, uh, you know, working working back with Pop and the Spurs. Uh, I love being back here in San Antonio. Uh, all right, so... Let's keep it moving. That's our Sixers. Uh, you watch any Summer League? Remember we used to watch Summer League all the time? Um, I did not I haven't watched watch... – I watched two dribbles probably of, of the whole Summer yeah, League. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think. I watched – yeah, I made a replay. Like it was on one night and the next day I put it on and watched like three plays and somebody dunked and I was like, well, this is really bad and I turned it off. Yeah, well, I mean I, I, I used to I, – I, I guess uh, my, I'm kind of – jaded from it after watching guys like Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz go out there and cook and I'm like yeah this is the future and then they just totally forget how to play basketball from that that time to the next time they actually play in an NBA game uh Fultz Fultz, Fultz is that that's still like that that 30 for 30 uh part is going to be nuts when they're they're just talking about how this guy was what weighted ball or fell off his motorcycle? Whatever the actual thing is that, that fucked him up, just mentally, completely, uh, will always haunt me. And, and you watch Simmons highlights of summer league, just absolutely jacking that jumper up with with reckless abandon is just absolutely amazing to me. Chet, Chet, yeah, I mean we're at the point now, and what we're hoping for, and and you know watching a team that hopefully can win a title we're past worrying about what's going on in the summer league yeah yeah that that, that you can say that again and uh chet holmgren looks good though yeah that's my guy i told someone the other day if i could buy stock in an nba player <laughs> i'd be pumping it in the chat i mean he's my guy everyone wants to make fun of him because he's skinny guy can play guy looks like just a, a slower white kd man that's you people know forget people don't realize how much different the nba game is than the college game is and some of the stuff he did in the college game i was like that's going to translate and 
he's going to get a chance to take the ball, dribble around, get a lot of shots up. I mean, if he doesn't win Rookie of the Year, I will be blown away. I think Bancaro is very good, has a good chance, but he's on a team where has some other guys I think are going to take some shots from him. The Orlando Magic also might have a pretty good team this year. I'm not saying they're going to be anything crazy, but don't be surprised if they're the eight seed. They got some talent. Yeah, they but do. My guy Chet, him and SGA, look out. What about Jabari Smith? You you out on Jabari? Didn't Jabari score fifty the other night in the summer league? I think I saw yeah, something like that. Yeah, he'll probably he'll probably be pretty good. To be honest, I don't even know what team he's on. He's on the Rockets. That's the only reason I say that because oh, he will okay. have so many opportunities to check yeah, up. Yeah, he'll score a lot. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's. I, I just, you know, I like to remember those days when I start to get upset about the Sixers, and I'm like, yeah, remember when we were watching uh, KJ McDaniels, and we were like, yeah, that, I'll never that's forget it. just being on vacation at the Jersey Shore, just like knowing I had to be back at my TV by 8 p.m. to watch Markel Fultz, and he was just knocking down shots from everywhere. I was like, this guy's amazing, and then he came to training camp, and they're like, oh yeah, by the way. He forgot how to shoot. Yep, uh, he's he's having uh, he has the yips and he has thoracic outlet syndrome. I'm like, I, 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 then I'm on WebMD looking up thoracic outlet syndrome. Like, oh, wait, wait, what? How did this happen? And there's there's videos of him fucking throwing a medicine ball above his head. And <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, that's why I, I say like the only in Philadelphia. Like, you know, if you know if Castellanos got signed by the Mets, he'd be hitting 330 right now. He, he'd absolutely. be absolutely raking, and it would be the greatest thing ever. But. Let's you know. Let's move out of the negativity and move back into some more negativity. This is a, a rarity on this hot take hot box that we talk about our beloved orange and black, the Philadelphia Flyers. They uh, they, they cut Oscar Lindblom today, uh, and then donated a hundred thousand dollars to uh, charity, which just kind of it seems like a slap in the face. I mean, it's a nice gesture, but it's just like, yeah, but <laughs> we're gonna cut you. Yeah, but. I mean, it, it's a shame. The guy, I mean, he's battled. Anyone who's a Flyers fan or Philly sports fan really knows what he's gone through, um, you know, beating cancer and coming back and playing. It's just like the wrong place, wrong time. Um, they signed him that contract. He's making a good amount of money, and he just not sure he's the same player that he was going to be. And it was just a move they had to make. It sucks, but I mean, they're trying to rebuild something. Whether they do it the right way or not, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure how much hope there is for him, but we'll see. I mean, they're not. A very good team, but we got our guy Torts coming into town, so that'll be fun. And listen, we we've been Flyers fans our whole lives. We, you know, when we were in like high school, they were that was like when they were making they made that Stanley Cup run, and, and that's when it was actually fun to be a, a Flyers fan. You were proud to be a Flyers fan. Now it's kind of a, an embarrassment. They're they're a shell of themselves as an organization. They have no leadership from the top. Uh, there's really no owner, you know, we don't have like an Ed Snyder sort of character in there. And now, uh, you know, our, 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 our former, uh, you know, classmate, uh, I mean, are, are the, are the flyers going to get Johnny Gaudreau, dude? That that's where I, I mean, that's the only thing that can really just get me to be like, I'm all in. Not that they're going to win the Stanley cup, but it's just like that. That's what the flyers need, man. They, they need, yeah, I mean, it would be great if it happened. I, I don't know why anyone would want to sign with the Flyers. They stink. Yeah. Um, and I don't see that they have, like, really have the roster that, like, they're one or two players away. Um, I think it's going to be another season where I get excited, watch the first 15 games of the year, and then like, by oh my God. <laughs> December, January, I'm like, oh, the Flyers played last night? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I'll never, I'll never forget this year. I forget what happened. I was talking to somebody about the Flyers, and I said, they're still playing? Yeah. And said, yeah. And I was like, oh, what, was this like the last game this week? And they're like, oh, no, they have like two more weeks of games. And I was like, good God. Like the poor fans, the workers, even the players. I don't know how you show up. I mean, there was, it was like, I was like, there's no, they've played 130 games and they've lost all of them. There's no way the season's still going on. Like by the end of the season, they had guys scoring goals that I have never heard of. Never. And it was like, oh, congrats to this guy on his first career goal. He was an 11-year AHL veteran that they just called up and gets his first goal. I'm like, oh, cool. And they lost 6-1. to one. Yeah, they're like, Scar, Poopy McMullen scores his first goal. You're like, all right, Poopy. Like, yeah, I... It has, it's crazy because it, it, it's so sad. Like, they came into the, the season. They made a bunch of different moves. Ryan Ellis played, like, two games and then never played again, and he might not even be ready for this next. Like, you don't know what's wrong with him. So that that's crazy. Kevin Hayes missed a large portion of the season. Couturier was out. 
they had. I mean, you know, they still have Cam Atkinson. They had like names, but they're just like they're just horrific. And Carter Hart has been hit or miss, but I can't really blame him for like the what like he's supposed to save us from this slop because it's not exactly like he has this elite defensive lineup ahead of him. I. I don't know why Johnny Gaudreau would want to come here other than the fact that it's his home and he just wants to play. He's always wanted to play for the Flyers and, and yada, yada, yada. But if the fly, if he wants to come here and the Flyers are not like not going to do everything they can to get him, then that, that, that might be, that, that just might break my brain. That That's where I, I just can't, I can't get down with that, man. Like if, if the guy wants to come here, make sure he comes here. Don't care how stupid it may be or, uh, you know, if they're this far away or that far away, because it doesn't seem to me the Flyers are going to be close anytime soon. To uh, but you know what though, hockey is different because hockey it just seems like they they get a new coach and then they'll they'll make the play like they'll make the playoffs somehow this year. You're just like well, what the, like what the fuck, and then they'll go back to stinking again next year because the, the Tortorella shit will run out, and then you know it's just like a sick, disgusting cycle of just recycling these guys over and over again. I don't know, like, it, I see Johnny Gaudreau's linked to a couple different teams, like the Islanders and stuff like that. Uh, I heard the Flyers are linked to Malkin, which would be disgusting. I mean, like, good, but also, like, I just couldn't, I can't see that in my head, him playing for the Flyers. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know what, what, like, a contract looks like for, for Johnny Gaudreau. Like, what, how, uh, how long is he going to get? What, what's, the, what's the money going to look like? I mean, he's only 29 years old. I don't know. I don't know, man. I would say six, seven years. I don't even know what they what they do in hockey. You know, like what the. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping that they can figure this out. I mean, obviously they're clearing cap for a reason. So I don't know if it's for him. And I mean, they made they made the trade for Tony D'Angelo, which a lot of people didn't like. They'll, yeah, I mean, I saw seem like the, the greatest guy in the world, but I saw a report that. They said that the Flames were prepared to offer Gaudreau ten somewhere around eight years to ten million a year. So, and it said basically like Jesus. if he doesn't return to Calgary, it won't be for more money. It'll just be because he wants to go somewhere else. So that's the thing. Like the Flyers won't have to pay him as much. Like it would be him coming here for you know wanting to play here. But again, I don't really know why he would want to play here. But like you touched on too, like hockey's weird. Like new coach. Sometimes you just get the right group of guys and like they get hot and they do have a good goaltender. I think Tortorella is going to have like, he has a much more disciplined defensive style, which I think will help Hart a lot. And who knows, you know, maybe they win some games and they get hot. And, but who, hockey's so weird. You have teams, expansion teams make the playoffs and bad teams one year. The Canadians were in the Stanley Cup last year yep. and they were just terrible. So it, it's weird. It's just like, oh, it's a new year. Let's see what happens. It kind of seems like, as stupid as this sounds, like hockey is just one of those sports. Like if you try harder than the other team, like you, like it's just like this relentless will to keep if you running. Work hard. Yeah, if you work hard and keep getting the puck deep, like if you just keep running into the brick wall until that brick wall falls down, you will continue to win games. Uh, I mean, you you watch the Avalanche. The Avalanche were unbelievably talented, but they just towards the end the Lightning were, were out of gas and they just kept put like foot was on the gas the entire time, just putting pressure on them. The Avalanche and the Lightning weren't playing the same sport that the Flyers I, thought, I say that every single season to like my dad or whoever I'm watching it I'm with. I'm like, you don't realize how bad the Flyers are until you watch the highest <laughs> level. It's like when you watch like the, uh, I don't even know, like Chelsea versus like Tottenham, and then you go and watch the Union. You're like, holy shit, dude! Like this. <laughs> oh, so even, that's what that's yeah, supposed to look like. This is what real soccer looks like, like. This is insane. As good as Claude Drew, Couturier, and like Kevin Hayes could be as a first line until you watch McKinnon and these guys just flying around Landeskog, Makar. I mean, Makar makes Ivan Provorov look like he should be playing on the junior flyers peewee team. He's unbelievable, dude. And just all all of those guys. I mean, that's the thing that, that what it takes when you go back and look at like the flyers who made the Stanley cup, like, how many guys they had on that team that were like legitimate like players? Carter, Richards, Hartnell. Yeah, I mean, Kater- I don't know. I don't think Katori was on there, but uh, Giroux, 
Giroud was in like his infancy, you know, like Briere. Like it's just like oh, yeah. you go through the all the name Prongers just playing like lockdown defense. One guy that um I think is gonna is a part of this whole Gaudreau uh, like discussion is uh, JVR is probably gonna have to get moved, and I don't know what they're gonna have to do to make it happen. Apparently. They're going to have to add in a, a prospect of some sort or, you know, it, it, apparently they waited too long and they're going to get held over a barrel now. They should have uh, done this like a while ago, but now it's kind of at the point where like people know they need to get rid of them. So they're just kind of kind of be like, yeah, well, you got to give us this, this or that uh, yep. uh, to take it along, you know. So uh, this is the first time I got to say, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm this is the first time I'm getting back into the Flyers and uh, I'm re ingratiating myself with what's going on because I. I've been checked out for about six to seven months now, where uh, I couldn't. I, I didn't even pay. I, I I would turn them on, and I'm like, it would be like three nothing. I'm like, all right, I'm not doing this to myself, man. Like it was like when the when the Sixers were bad, I would be like, all right, this is a thirty point game. I'm getting out of here. You know, I'm gonna go do pretty much anything else other than watch this fucking filth. This just slop. <laughs> uh, they did draft that guy. They drafted looks disgusting. He has a nasty hockey name, Connor Gutier or whatever. So that's yeah, he looks like he'll be cool. Yeah, he'll um, he'll probably be so a stiff, and then uh, they'll trade we'll see him. him. We'll see him in twenty twenty six, and then yeah, we'll it, be on our it, we'll be on two coaches from now, and who knows? It'll be yeah. Well, what a time to be alive, man! So there's our Flyers. Hopefully, they get your uh, Goudreau. Shout out to the Gloucester Catholic Rams and the and the beautiful people down there in Gloucester City. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was in my lunch freshman year. I still hold on to that. I can't Nothing believe that but guy's the best in the NHL. down there. Not, Oh man, Todd Power! Shout out to Todd Cumberland Powers, Ave. dude. Cumberland Ave, Ridgeway, whichever way you want to go in, it's it's all it's all going on down in uh, down in Gloucester City. But our Eagles have also made some news. Uh, I know you uh, you're a big mini camp guy. You're a big OTA guy. I, I've heard you uh, you're down there. You're charting plays and uh, may, trying to figure out. Yeah, I'm one of the guys <laughs> trying to look through the bushes right outside Novacare, getting, getting chased away by a guy on his bike. But I, this is such nonsense to me. But listen, I am not. I, I let me just go out and be honest. I am not a big Jalen Hurts guy. I I I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I don't think he's bad. I also don't think he's like the. He, he's not going to ruin your game. He's also not going to like win you games either. But I don't think that this <laughs> him throwing interceptions, uh, whether true or not, in May or June, whenever this story supposedly happened. Really, none of this shit really matters. Yeah, first of all, he, he didn't get sacked ever because they don't tackle. Seven v seven, yeah. Second of all, who was even throwing? Who was there? Uh, Paul, like, I heard Paul Turner was running routes. Yeah, like was he throwing balls to to Quez and and Jay Jaw? Like, I doubt. Like guys, every guy was just there ready to go. Also, I don't care. Like nothing exactly. matters until whatever day opening day is September, whatever in Detroit and Detroit might be worse than whoever he's playing seven on seven again. So <laughs> yeah, the only difference is they'll, they'll, they'll actually be, you know, they but might this, actually be able is, to sack them. This is Philadelphia and we know how it is and everything gets put under a microscope and like, it wouldn't be Philadelphia if we weren't yelling about a guy throwing an interception in seven on seven or whatever else. I mean, people just have to complain about something. It's just like, part of me that like just can't listen to sports talk radio anymore like i'm actually at the point where like if it wasn't for getting breaking news on twitter like i would i'm just at the point where i want to delete it because i just yeah. see some of the stuff people saying it's just like you're, you shouldn't be allowed to watch like you're so out of touch and just unintelligent when it comes to like watching sports you shouldn't be allowed to like speak your opinion you have to stop yourself from like commenting on everything you see because it's just like you just want to be like yeah you're an idiot like that that's... yeah like like you can like yeah and then it's like twitter like i just want to like be able to talk to you and be like you listen don't speak and let me break this down for you for five minutes and just don't respond just listen it's like you know hey man listen when bradford was going uh seven for seven and lighting it up when uh, Chip Kelly traded for him, that didn't matter. And I can tell you guys unequivocally right now what what, what Jalen Hurts is doing right now in OTAs or, or mini it, – it does not matter at all. People wanted Nate Sudfeld to start a playoff game because he ran around in a cold day against the Cowboys and Nick Foles looked bad. Oh yeah, well, hey man, you know I'll be honest with you, I kind of considered that at the point. I I, I was so desperate. I I, I was I, that. 
I, I, I got to be honest. I don't think people were thinking sanely after Wentz got hurt. I know I was not. I, I was uh, that that I was uh, near uh, near a pulling the own trigger level, dude. I, I I've never been that distraught and upset about a Philadelphia sports team in my life as when he went down. I was just like that because I think we all knew at that time. Uh, I always say this like that 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 was the most special season like that I think will ever exist. It, it, the fact they won the Super Bowl means even more, but like. Like they went, they. I just like the were there eleven and two, twelve. Like it was just like they were blowing teams out. I'm like, this is the best Eagles team we've ever had. And then they kind of pull the rug out from under us. And Nick Foles goes out there and he has like a couple bad games. I'm like, all right. So that, I, I wasn't buying Sudfeld playing against like the, tr- the the third stringers. People were like, yeah, like put him in there. I'm like, whatever. I just think we're fucked either way because there's no way Nick. Oh Fole- yeah, I didn't think Nick Foles could win the Eagles. Super it just, Bowl. it just. But it, I also didn't think that Nate Sudfeld. Oh, Nate Sudfeld game. definitely was not winning us a Super Bowl. That 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 <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even a conversation. I I just can't understand how people aren't thinking clearly in June when you, not thinking clearly in December. I can understand that. Yeah, right? there's not even a. You don't even need to put any of your energy, time, effort, thought, anything into the Eagles. It's June. Unless a guy gets hurt, that's all that matters. Like I, I, Dean, it blows my mind. Uh, I, even regular training camp preseason doesn't matter. Yeah, it, the games don't matter until September. Like as long as everyone gets through it healthy, that's all that matters. It, it just, uh, I think it's just, there's a lot, a big section, and you kind of ran into it with the Flyers today. Uh, it, it's. There's a section of people who only root for the one team or they only care about the one. Like, we watch all four. We care about all four. We just like sports and we like our Philadelphia sports. There's, I mean, especially those Flyers fans, they only care about the Flyers. They don't watch anything else. They just they just sit there and they just let, let their brain melt in the microwave uh, watching the Philadelphia Flyers play <laughs> season after season. Talk about a sad, sad life. <laughs> and it's just like, that's it, man. That, it's... Watching guys like Giroux and he's the greatest ever and yeah you know whatever but yeah it, it's a sad it's a sad sad existence and for the Eagles like the, there's people you 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 know who just start talking about Eagles and, and now July August and that's all like we had, there's Eagles chance going on at the Phillies game the Phillies are in a playoff spot right now it's like oh yeah it's just ridiculous like who gave you these tickets I know you didn't buy them so. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I just I guess I can't understand that shit because I don't I I don't have just one team that that I root for. I root for all four of these. Yeah, teams. like I see the tweet and it's like Jalen Hurts reportedly had a bad day, and it's like this 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 and this. I'm like, dude, I don't even care. Like, yeah. who yeah. cares? Like, and, and some of this Phillies is coming from like reporters. Just had another player break a finger, and the Flyers are doing this, and the Sixers are doing that, and like. Why do I care about what Jalen Hurts did wearing shorts and a red T-shirt? I will say I had liked to see that Jalen. Like, obviously, you know, I kind of gave shit to James Harden and whatnot, but I do like to see James, like uh, Jalen Hurts has put in all the possible work that he can. I mean, for right or right or wrong, he's go- He's <laughs> he expended all options to make himself better this offseason. And oh yeah, from a perspective of like the way he like goes about his business, there's nothing like. He's everything you want in your franchise quarterback. Now, from a talent standpoint and what he can do on the field, <laughs> yeah, that's... that's obviously he's not the you know the prototypical guy. But from how he's going to lead your team and work and, and and try to give you the best effort to do it, I mean, yeah, you can't can't argue with that at all. No, yeah, it just kind of it's a little bit more than hard work you need to be a franchise quarterback and, and a good quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I just want a guy who has an absolute cannon attached to his right shoulder. Who's like six five and can move? I, I want Justin Herbert basically. So uh, until the Eagles get him, I probably will still be a hater. But if, if Jalen Hurts comes out and kills it this year, I'm not a moron. I'm not. I'm not. I'm an Eagles fan, so I will be. I'll be a big time supporter. I am just very skeptical that that comes out and happens this year. Rooting for it though. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to uh, get off your chest before we get out of here? Uh, got a, we got British Open this weekend or the Open Championship? Yeah, uh, we have the Open Championship. Always, you know, always a good one. So who's who's your sharp pick? Who are you going with? You, you got Tiger. You got Tiger plus like five thousand, dude. I, I think Tiger. I think he's going to finish top ten. He looked dialed in yesterday at the uh, past Champions Classic. There you go. Um, I don't know. It's a weird tournament because you know. You just gotta. It's a, it's one where the best the best players don't win here. You know, no. you gotta, and that's why I think Tiger will be around it because he's gonna maneuver the course. And I like, 
the, the guys who play over there a lot. Like, I like Rory. I like yeah, Shane Yeah, I, I was going to say I like Rory here. Um, John Rahm's a sneaky one, but I think his temperament just catches up to him in tournaments like this. Um, you don't have to be a guy who hits it very far. So, I mean, I think Zalatoris is just like the major king. He's just going to be top five. He's just going to hang around it all the time. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like going Justin Thomas is a chalk pick. Well, it's usually like that, you know. It's 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 someone that hangs around that. You know, like you said though, it, golf's so tough because you bet something for four days, and, and it just it can come out like anyway. Like it, it, some guy who is plus thirty three hundred. Usually, I tell people if you're gonna bet like something like this, you wait until like Saturday, and you pick right, somebody I'll, that I'll throw. I'll, I'll just. Rory's a favorite. Up. I pulled three. I pulled the odds up. I'll throw three names at you, and they're all going to be long shots. All right. All right. Plus twenty two hundred, Cameron Smith. Okay. Plus thirty four hundred, Terrell Hatton. And plus forty five hundred, Max Homa are my three wow. plays. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now I have to give you a couple. I'm plays. a big Cameron Smith guy. He's my guy. He's my favorite golfer on the tour. I think Hatton, European guy from England, always going to have to be around it. And Max Homer just play, been playing good golf, and he just – I don't know. He might sneak one. I don't know why Jordan Spieth's 1,500. He's the third favorite on this yeah, list. Yeah, he's never going to win. So I, I don't understand that. That seems a little uh, outlandish to me. I like Justin Thomas. I mean, Justin Thomas, 2,100 seems like a good number. I don't, I don't know what's up with that. So give me Justin Thomas. Um. How about how about we go a little? Uh, he's either gonna go more Kawa, but I don't, I'm not feeling it. How about Tommy Fleetwood at 2800? Another Brit. Yep. And how about Victor Hovland at 4500? And obviously, if you're betting, you might as well throw in Tiger at 6500, just because you're not a Tiger fan if you don't lose some money on him. Oh yeah, the big cat teeing it off on Thursday. You know we'll be dialed in. We'll absolutely be dialed in. I'll have my fucking, uh, I'll I'll have my face painted. I'm gonna have a guy come over and paint my face as a tiger to watch him. ESPN Plus to watch him shoot 79. Turn on Twitter notifications for the Tiger Tracker Twitter account. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, it's, I, I think Tiger Tracker's dead now. It's like uh, there's something else, like TW uh, Legion or something like that. Um, I, I follow it though. That guy, little, very weird, very weird fan base. Uh, a little sycophants that uh, root for Tiger, but I, I'm a fan. I have, I'm, I'm I a have a question for you before we leave. Sure. Will your beloved Fighting Irish finally uh, join a conference? Oh wow! So yeah, you know that that is kind of the uh, discussion that has been going on. Um, Notre Dame, a little bit linked to the Big Ten. I have a tough time believing they actually do it because it's still – I don't think they're going to do it unless a large bag is dropped in front of them or it becomes worth their while to make the actual playoff. The Big Ten just got who? Uh, U- USC and UCLA. Which is insane. That makes absolutely no sense that they're in that conference. But, I, I you know, I always thought they were going to join the ACC, but the ACC is garbage now. So – now the Big Ten, they, they, apparently that's the focus that they're. They, I just don't. I I I can't see it happening. Uh, there's just no uh, like gain for Notre Dame right now because they can still make the playoff. They can still make their money without having to give the Big Ten a, a piece of what's going on. I I, I you know I, especially it's not going to be a good look if oh, if they go into Ohio State uh, Columbus first weekend and get the doors blown off them either. <laughs> That's not going to be a good situation, which I do predict probably happening uh, right now. Well, I think if it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen within the next two to three years. Uh, I, I, you're probably right. I think at some point that it's, it's. I will say I'm closer now to saying yeah, they're going to join a conference than I ever have been because it's just more like these conferences. It's just becoming these soup, these just like super conglomerates. Where all, every like, I mean, the SEC has Oklahoma and, and just, I mean, USC being in the Big Ten is insane. That that the, they're the closest team is not even what like Nebraska is like the closest yeah. like uh, thousands of miles away. That they're now they're gonna have to be traveling all the way onto the West Coast. Uh, you know, you're gonna be seeing uh, Lincoln Riley lose games in, uh, in at Northwestern, which is gonna be insane. But what do you mean you don't want a Saturday noon USC? At Indiana, 
Beth Moen's on the call. Oh, Come yeah. on now. Touchdown. Here come the USC Trojans. Caleb Williams. Bloomington, Indiana to take on the 3-10 and ten Hoosiers. Tom Allen. Is that his name, right? Tom Allen, their coach is a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> How about your uh, Mountaineers? Uh, I think we're just going to stay put. We're just going to ride it out. Big 12, add in some, add in some new schools, and we're, we're just going to go from there. Rumor has it the uh, Big 12 just wants to buy the rest of the Pac-12 and, and bring them on in. That's just all going to be super conferences, huh? Yeah, so the Mountaineers will be going out to Eugene, Oregon. and Jesus. Yeah. Uh, what uh, you got? I, I saw what's the over-under, about like five or five and a half wins with JT Daniels and the boys. Yeah, uh, I don't – we'll see. JT Daniels is the best quarterback they've had now since Will Greer is there. Um, and we'll see. So they probably won't be very good, but, you know, it is what it is. What are you gonna at do? This point, I don't think I Notre just, Dame's gonna be good this year either. Let me just say. At that. this point, West Virginia football, I like I just watch for like a couple hours of like entertainment. I don't expect anything. Like let's be real, they're not going to be a playoff. No, but it, it, so. like you said, it's for fun. It's you've always watched them, and you always love them, so you can't turn your back on them now. Basketball at least always has like a legit shot. You get in the tournament, anything can happen. But you know when they're picking four, six, eight teams. Mountaineers, you aren't going to be favored in that one. And you got the Huggy Bear. I mean, it, yeah. it's all about what kind of coach you can have. Like, it, if West Virginia was able to get some, like, elite, you know, coach. I mean, even when they had Dana, it was at least, like, wow. Like, they, you know, like, they would put up, put together some of these offenses where you're like, that's what I was saying to somebody the other day, was some former uh, graduate of West Virginia. Like, it always, West Virginia always had this, like, high-powered, like, Big 12 elite offense. And it just seems like the last couple of years they haven't really – Oh, now they just get they just run it. They try they like the number one of the best defenses in the country last year, which just made zero sense. Yeah, that's not the that's not West Virginia football, dude. That's not Morgantown football. Morgantown no, football. We're trying to beat Iowa 45. State seventeen to thirteen. What are yeah, we doing? That's we're really, supposed to beat them sixty seven to sixty three. Exactly, and then light some couches on fire. That yeah, that's what Geno Smith. Yeah. Geno Smith style. Come on, man. What are we doing? Just fucking Kevin White, dude. Shout out to Kevin White. Geno Smith, Tavon Austin, and Stedman Bailey. Just, Stedman. Didn't Stephen Bailey get wild. shot or something like that? Or did... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. All right. All right. He's good, though, right? I think he, I yeah, think he's he good. Yeah. Right. He's End of his NFL career, but he's good. It's all right. He's good, though. Okay. <laughs> good. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Dean, for joining me. This has been a uh, a very excellent, excellent, pleasant surprise to have you on the uh, Hot Take Hotbox today. And I hope we can do it very soon because – Yeah, absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll have to tee it back up right around uh, – right when we get – maybe right around the uh, trade deadline or – when we get get ready for that September playoff push. Oh yeah, we I think we might actually have to do a nice trade line uh, trade deadline special. I'll have a suit on that no one can see while while I'm doing this audio <laughs> podcast and we will have all of the breaking news uh, go on. But uh thank you uh for joining me. I appreciate it. You got it. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, hot take hot box.